BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the toast and happy Thursday, a long-awaited Thursday, some might say. Hello, Jacqueline. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Yes, it is Thursday. If you listened to yesterday's episode, we were hopeful that it would be Thursday. And today and if it you is. didn't, if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, are you okay? Well, maybe they're just so busy in love, you know, oh. things in a whirlwind. That's nice. Times. That's the only, that's the only acceptable reason to miss the toast. Is if you're in love? Yes, if you're in love. Yeah, I agree. Or, hmm, what are other acceptable reasons? Death. Like you died. Oh, you died. Yeah. Or, but you better be listening, you know, if from there, the afterlife. If there was a death, like, you know, in in your world, you should still listen because we're here to lift you up. It's true. I honestly, as, you know, anyone who's dealt with grief knows that one of the best ways to just kind of take yourself out of it momentarily is to distract yourself. And what is more distracting than two insanely gorgeous girls being hysterical? Nothing. Yeah. Laughter is the best medicine. It really is. So, so I'm I, a doctor. Uh, if you're, consider me... A doctor. Mm-hmm. I guess another excuse would be like if you like are in the hospital or something. But again, you can bring your phone to the hospital. Yeah, we're like there's a lot of waiting time. We're here for you. Yeah, I guess like the really truly only excuse is like if you're just out living life so hard. That's what we want for our girlies. Like we yeah. want you to go thrive. So if you're just having too much fun or you're too in love or you're on like a fabulous trip, only acceptable reason to not listen to the toast. Yeah, and it's and it's temporary, you know. Of course. So if you're back and you missed yesterday's episode, we missed you. We have a lot of story, not a lot of stories, but some of the stories like we will be discussing themes from the week. Mm. So you're saying it's going to be a rather thematic episode? Yeah, I mean, I think actually this isn't a joke. Every episode we do is very thematic. Like there's a th- there's a thread that is yes. woven through each episode unintentionally we're like at the start of the episode we're talking about something and by the end of the episode we bring it back to that theme I believe that's what like a moral of the story is there's like a moral of every episode yeah but there's also just a common thread common thread invisible would you say an invisible string yes that's exactly what it is is that like our theme song maybe for today maybe for today we'll see we'll see you let the chips and the words Fall where they may. One of my favorite things to do is definitely just like let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And that's um, what so I, Strice loves when I let the chips fall where they may because he gets to lick up all the crumbs. I asked you like how you were doing now. I want you to ask me how I'm doing. Claudia, how are you doing? Horrible. I know why. Horrible. What's going on? Over the last two days, I've been reading The Nightingale which is a historical fiction book about World War II. And yesterday I read like the final 40%, which is like where it all goes down. And when I tell you I was so, I don't, there's not even a word, like bereft. So sad when the book ended, not because the book was over. That happens to me sometimes where I just loved the book and I wanted it to keep going. Because the contents of the book made me so unbelievably sad that I was inconsolable. Like the book was done and I was just laying in bed crying and Ben was like, are you okay? And... I was afraid to go to sleep because I like couldn't stop thinking about the book. The book is about like Nazis and it was just 
like I know I'm like the last person on the planet to read this book, so me recommending it is like futile. But please, like, read this book. It it's will not change as futile as people who recommend Verity and the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It's so true. <laughs> I love seeing that. Like, people, like, uh, by the way, and that was literally me. I'm like, you guys have to read this book. They're like, girl, we read this book five fucking years ago. Yeah, everybody has read the book. If you read books, you've read these books. So funny. So in my book club, my friend Abe, who like I got really into reading and we were like, you know, the two kind of founding members of the book club. He the book that like changed his life. Like for me, it was Luckiest Girl Alive. For him, it was Verity. And he's like still always talking about Verity. I'm like, Abe, like get with the program. Nobody like talks about Verity anymore. No. And it's like the more you read, the more you're like embarrassed to talk about Verity. No, not embarrassed. Not at all. I feel like the more you read... If I now sat down and read some of my favorite books, they probably wouldn't be my favorite books. Oh, that's true, too. They might not hold up, but, like, anything impresses you when you haven't read, like, a good book in so long, and now you see there are so many good books and even better books. But, no, like, now, having read so many books, like, I'm not talking about Verity because it's just, like, so obvious. A hundred percent. And The Nightingale is a book that a lot of people recommend. If you're in the historical fiction world, which not everyone is, but I think – why The Nightingale is so great is because you don't have to be obsessed with historical fiction like me to enjoy it and consume it. And I think everyone should read it. I agree with you. Let me tell you why The Nightingale is so good. And I'm like, I'm going to expose myself hard here. Like, of course I know about World War II. For the most part, like, I know about the war from my own experience, which is the experience of the Jews. So, like, whenever I think about World War II or the Holocaust, like, I'm, of course, thinking about the six million Jews, the camps, the gas chambers, like, all of that. Um, so there's like a lot of uh, like elements about the actual war part, like the allies and everything that I can't lie. I don't know like a shit ton about like not me. No, not knowing up until I read this book that France just like surrendered like the day the war started and let the Nazis take over all of France and all these people, innocent people just like living in Nazi occupation. Mm -hmm. Not me not knowing that. So then it's like it added another element to me. Like, of course, I know the atrocities of the Nazis, but like I didn't know what they did to non-Jews just, like, living like in their the towns. Like, the day-to-day life of war. Right, and, like, starving all these people for years. Like, they were all malnourished. They were all, like, literally skin and bones by the end of the war. So many people died after the war from just causes of the war. Yeah. So I just, I learned so much about the actual, like, landscape of the war. Like, when I read The Rose Code, I learned about the British part. I yeah. didn't know about that either. This book was very much like the French experience. And they're so also, different, actually. It's actually good that you read yes. both of them. Because the French, like they said, they, they had their front line of defense, which fell in like a matter of days. And then they were like, here, take half the country and set up your own government. No, not the French being hella losery. I did not know that. Yeah, hella losery. And the British fought tooth and nail to keep the Nazis off their shores. No, and like recruited everyone, women, men, children to contribute. And you saw Dunkirk, didn't you? Okay, so I saw Dunkirk, like not me literally not knowing what Normandy was. Like I kind of feel stupid. Um, You're putting the pieces together. Every book or movie is like a piece of the puzzle. D-Day, like Normandy, like if you would have asked me a year ago or even like, yeah, if you would have asked me like a month ago, I'd be like, Normandy's definitely giving World War I. Yeah, you think a lot of things are World War One. Yeah, you. so when I finished a book, I called Jackie, and I'm, like, telling her, like, kind of sharing this embarrassing thing that, like, I low-key know very little about history. And she's like, just wait till you hear about Japan. And I'm like, oh, World War One, like, Pearl Harbor, Hiroshima, all of that. She's like, that's World War Two. Not me not knowing that. Right. So like, what the hell happened in World War One? <laughs> World War One was kind of – it was the Germans versus um, – the rest of like Europe again the same the same players and then the U.S. comes in but so it's kind of like the pregame to World War II yeah yeah and then I guess like those beefs were never squashed and like the reparations that Germany had to like pay for what mm-hmm. they did in World War One, which was so horrible people think that like that caused them to be even angrier and go even harder for World War II and also like left it open for someone like Hitler to come in and be like we deserve better as Germans the way like I know this is not a hot take I 
fucking hate Nazis. This book just like reignited. I feel like we talk about the Holocaust like a lot on the podcast and I talk about it as just like a Jewish woman in my everyday life. I do. Mm. Um, and when I feel like when we talk about it now, we talk about it like in a very historical way. Like we feel very far removed from it. But this book was just like such a stark reminder like that this shit actually happened. It's not just like in a textbook. And I feel like she did such an amazing job. And I actually asked you if she was Jewish because I felt like she actually really understood the Jewish vibe if you know what I mean like she didn't sound like she was cosplaying Jewish characters like it but felt she, authentic but her two main characters are not Jewish women no but the parts about the Jews like her neighbor and then just like what was happening to the Jews and why they had to you know send the boy back whatever I just felt like I didn't feel like I was being it didn't feel like LARPing you know yes. or appropriation I guess the word would be but I just thought she was so She's such a talented, like, the way I felt after reading this book, Jackie, I sent her a message on Instagram, like, a fucking freak. I was like, I know I'm the last person on the planet to read this book, but I just read it. Like, thank you for reading it. You're incredible. Like, I love you. She didn't answer or open it, but I just felt like, you know, she needed to hear it. This book was just a feat. It was magnificent. Like, I can't say enough about this book. And my friend who recommended it for my book club, Natalie, she was like, the first, like, 70 pages are, like, confusing, and they're just, like, setting the scene, so don't give up. I'm yeah. like, okay, because I was like, at first, this book stinks. Yeah, she's um, just like having a baguette in the field, like saying bye to her yeah, husband. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, all right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. And it took me in a like a direction I did not even, I just, I can't say enough words about this book. And I'm like being one of those people, the book like was popular five years ago. I love this book. Everybody needs to read it. It was the most amazing book. I could not stop crying. And then you delivered the most amazing news to me that there's actually a movie being made out of it. The story, the the book is about two sisters. And you actually told me even, even more fun fact that the two sisters have been cast and they're cast by actresses who are sisters. Who are, if you guys want to know, that uh, Dakota and Elle Fanning are supposed to play yeah. the sisters. But Claudia and I did some research into it and the movie's still in pre-production. They're the only ones who have been cast. I don't think anything has happened to move the needle on the movie. And especially now with the strike and everything, I don't know if we're ever getting this movie. It was supposed to come out December 2022. Right, which is like nine months ago. Right, and that didn't happen. I would love if it did. I think it would be great. And I think the Fanning sisters would be great. No, like they're legit actresses. You know, they would make a, the movie feel like a real movie. Yes, they really would. This episode of The Toast is brought to you by Poise Ultra Thins. Becoming a mom has come with a lot of big changes, and I'm getting ready to experience some of that all over again. Some of the joys and wonders of postpartum life that you no one tells you about, that, you know, a lot of us have to learn the hard way. But something super common that we don't always talk about when it comes to postpartum life is bladder leaks. One in two women over 20 experience bladder leaks, and most young moms try to use period pads to solve the problem. You know, you think that makes sense, but actually period pads are not designed for pee. Thankfully, Poise Ultra Thins are specifically designed for bladder leaks and keep you 10 times drier than the leading period pad. So for my mamas out there, for my new mamas, this one is a pro tip for you because you gotta have the right goods when you need them. The clean, dry, and fresh protection these pads provide is a lifesaver, and they're shaped to fit and flex with your body so you can stay comfortable and live without compromise. Poise Ultra Thins offer with and without wings so you can live worry-free and, you know, free of worries of bladder leaks, not having the right pads, not having what you need when you need it. Personally, I have enough on my plate as a mom, so I love the idea of taking one worry off of the list. It takes poise. Learn more about Poise Ultra Thins and how they're specifically designed for bladder leaks at poise.com. Today's episode of The Toast is brought to you by Land's End. Anyone can slap a logo on a boring, generic shirt, but with Land's End Business, you can get made-to-order uniforms that become a part of your brand. Get fully customized clothes, accessories, and promotional products featuring your logo and colors, all made by the expert team at Land's End. And with the best in-class customer care, let Land's End handle the inventory while you just run your business. You guys know uniforms, merch, really can be an extension of your brand. And Land's End is a great resource for your business. They have quality, comfort, and style that you can count on. Since 1993, thousands of businesses have relied on Land's End business to outfit their employees. They offer timeless style that fits every body type with the widest range of sizes in branded apparel. You can see your logo in vivid colors on t-shirts, outerwear, hats, mugs, water bottles, and more. Hundreds of products perfect for any trade show, event, or holiday gift. 
Lands End Business is the leading online supplier of iconic uniforms for everyone. Whether you're a carpet cleaner, mechanic, moving company, or a corner pizza shop, they have your uniform needs covered. It's so much more than the same old work polos. You can get customized uniforms that fit the way you work and keep your employees cool, dry, and comfortable. You can get email, chat, and phone support from their customer service team who are eager to help. Every business is treated like a VIP, whether you have five employees or 50. So see why thousands of companies count on Lands End Business. Go to business.landsend.com slash toast and use promo code toast for 20% off your order. That's business.landsend.com slash toast, promo code toast for 20% off your order. So that was just like ruined my night. Like I was inconsolable. I couldn't like focus on young Sheldon. I needed to just go to sleep, but I was so afraid to go to sleep because I was just, you know, when you finish a book, you're like in the book, in, in your the head. book. Oh my God. What these days, whatever content I'm consuming, it takes up my whole night. Like my, like all of my thoughts and dreams like are just about whatever it is, whether it's, sometimes it's a song, sometimes it's a book yeah. or a movie. Like it's always just about this thing. It's so annoying. So are you saying basically last night that you dreamed about 80 for Brady? <laughs> no, but last night Zach and I watched, well, Zach watched because I was trying to read my book and he was looking for a movie and he put on 80 for Brady. And always when he puts something on, like I wind up giving an ear. Of course. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just watch the movie. Like I can read my book before I go to sleep. Now, and what, what um, inspired Zach to choose that film? He loves football and he loves mm -hmm. like a good corny movie. I think it's something that he, he does, always like, yeah. you know, probably saw commercials for him and was like, oh, maybe I would see that one day. And our day came yesterday. Okay. And the movie was so ridiculous. But the thing that kept getting me through was like, this is inspired by a true story. So it's yeah. just about like four senior women who love Tom Brady and love the Patriots and they're going to go to the Super Bowl in 2017 to finally like see their team play. And I'm like, okay. that is so cute. Like what happens at the Super Bowl that this is a movie that was made about these women. Mm -hmm. So the whole time I'm like really just wanting to know how it ends. The fact that this was a story worth telling. The movie is... Did you know what the results of the 2017 Super Bowl were? Yes. I actually remember okay. that Super Bowl because it was so crazy. That was the one where they played the Falcons and they were losing the entire time. Do you remember? It was Lady no. Gaga's halftime show, but I didn't remember. That I remember. I don't remember her being at that particular game, but they were losing the whole time in the fourth quarter, like down by 20-something points. And in the fourth quarter, they made it all back and they won. It was a really wow. crazy Super Bowl. So I was like, what, what's the story here? And the movie is preposterous. It's like so bad. And they're doing all these crazy, ridiculous things. And at one point, the women sneak into the like control room to talk to Brady in his ear to like give him a what? pep talk. Yeah. What? And I'm like, no, oh, I don't wait. believe you. I'm like, oh, is that the crazy thing that like makes this a movie? So after we finish the movie, I like Google it. And no, none of these things happen. It's just like, these four senior women who love Tom Brady, it's just, like, about them. But the whole movie is, like, made up. And it's... How does a shit movie like that get made, but The Nightingale is still in pre-production? Claudia, I have no idea. And what's even crazier is that Tom Brady, he produced this movie. It was the first movie from his production company. And, like, what a weird fucking choice. Because it's, like, all no, about totally. him. Like, the, the one of the main characters is, like, you know, going through it. And, like, every time she's struggling, like, Tom Brady's, like, talks to her. You're kidding. <laughs> no, like she has a Tom Brady bobblehead and like he will say some words. Like, no. Yeah. Wait. Is Tom in the movie? Yes. He makes okay. like a cameos. One, they use footage from the game, but then after the game, the women get to go back to the locker room. Like it's just ridiculous. And Julian Edelman is in it for a second. Gronk and Danny Amendola. Okay. Wait, I'm not okay. This is so dumb. And to be honest, like his production company, this being like their first release like that's like really like egotistical no so egotistical and I said to Zach now I know why he won't retire because he can't do anything else if like oh, you have all wow. the money in the world all the yeah. resources like pick a book any book turn it into a movie and you choose this like what and and you're no. making up this preposterous story none of these things happened no and like Jane Fonda should know better Oh my god, it was ridiculous. The good Who news were the is, other four women, the actors? Did you know any of them? Rita Moreno. Love. Um, Sally Field, my birthday buddy. Oh yes, I remember them all doing press together. I think they were on Watch Happens Live or something. And I yeah. think the fourth, what's her name? Candace Bergen. 
No, but she would have been. No, it's confusing because Jane Fonda also does these other movies called Book Club. There's like a sequel where it's four senior women and it's like the mom from Stepmoms. I think it's Candace Bergen's maybe in that one. Jane yeah, Fonda. No, this is Lily Tomlin. Oh, yes. And is she also in that show with Jane Fonda? Grace and yes, Frankie. Yes, Grace yeah, and okay. Frankie. That's what I thought, but I didn't want to just like assume they're all in the same shows, but they are. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like this core group of senior women just out here working. And so while Jane Fonda should have known better, certainly Sally Field should have known better. It was so, there were so many celebrity cameos that were just like so weird. Also, do you know Guy Fieri's name is like pronounced Guy Fieri? Yes, I, I, like I do know that. But He's I just a really big it. part of the movie and they're always like looking oh. for Guy Fieri because like, I don't want to spoil it. But oh. they're like, Mr. Fieri, Mr. Fieri. I'm like, is Fieri? It's giving like French, but Fieri. But we know Guy is not French. He's an all-American man. Yeah. So it was so insane. I had to see it through till the end. And it was shocking. No, I'm glad you did. The good news is I slept like a baby, probably because it was so mindless. <laughs> so true. I had nothing on my mind after that. That's... That's actually the exact type of thing you should be watching before bed, like mindlessness. It's true. And then I continued to read my book. I posted about this on my Instagram. I'm reading this book. Apparently, it's called Trophy Wife. And the cover is like some thought on a balcony. Sexy lady. The book that I am reading, the inside of the book, and now I'm at like 30%, has nothing. First of all, the protagonist is a man, has nothing to do with the cover or the title. Mm -hmm. I think it's mislabeled, but I don't know. Get yourself a refund, girlfriend. No, I'm liking the book. I have, I'll have. i wait till I get to 100% to see. But, like, there's not even a high rise in the book. Like, it, they're in London. He just bought, like, a, a country house. Why is she on a balcony in West Hollywood? You have 70%. Like, maybe it will come full circle to the title. And but I'm, the I'm really enjoying it. But I don't want to recommend Trophy oh. Wife yet because you might not get the same book I'm reading. Right, there's clearly like a clerical issue over at Amazon.com. I really, really wonder if there is. Wait, let me, why don't you just Google it? Trophy Wife Book. Okay, and look at the description. Yeah, there's a sexy lady on it. Okay, what does it say the book's about? Okay. The brilliant new psychological thriller, a wonderful book. His prized possession, his greatest mistake. From the moment I saw Anne, I knew she was perfect for me. Oh, okay, Anne, fine. Is that it? Yeah, even though from the moment he saw her, he did not think, she, he, he didn't even look at her. But okay. I've actually, I never read a book that the main character is a man. You probably haven't read very many, but you've read some. Like what? I've also, like, I don't think I ever read, except The Silent Patient. That was the only book in the last two years, three years that I've read by a man. I, like, don't fuck with men. I know. It's really funny how, like, every Honestly, book like, I read book- is a female author. Books are for the girls. Like, they, Unless like, it's like, it. you know, James Patterson. Yeah, I guess. Alex Crow. Like that whole genre. But the kind of stuff we want to read, like, yeah, it has to be written by women. Yeah, I'm so not interested in like reading the male perspective. Yeah, but then I also think that sometimes like women, when they write men, they're so off. Yeah, but that's the part that's fun about it is that you're writing like from the female perspective, the ideal man. That's why it's like, you know, it's fiction. Yeah, yeah, it's fiction, but it's so unrealistic. It's like not fun. Oh, I disagree. It's so unrealistic. It's actually fun. No, like these men that like Colleen Hoover writes. like They don't exist. No, they don't. But that's why these books are so popular. So true. And with like the resurgence of reading in the last few years, like Reese's Book Club and, you know, Talk Talk, it's really becoming like, it's a female thing. Yeah, I agree. I also think there's now this new energy amongst female readers, whereas like male readers have, are pretty constant. Like they like their history books by like men have been read, not that women don't read, but I feel like. So you literally sound like Ben. <laughs> no, I don't. But that. This resurgence of like Reese's Book Club, Book Talk, it's all books for women. Yeah. So the the surge has been for the girls. And by the girls. And by the girls. Yeah, exactly. Like the men have their literary corner established, established already. Yeah, yeah. And ours is not a corner. It's like more of like a, a wing. In our own little corner. And I will say the one book that I read by a man, The Silent Patient, I thought was the worst, most overrated book. So, so overrated. I don't, know, I don't know what that says about man, man writers. 
Yeah, no, the few books that I have read by men have been really good, but that's because they're like the cream of the cream. Of course. From the You're men. reading the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like if boys only read like The Nightingale, Luckiest Girl Alive. So I feel like husbands. we've been talking about books for about 20 minutes and it's the first Thursday in August. That was my next segue. New episode of The Redheads just dropped. You guys, this month's book was so good. Spoiler alert, all four of us really liked it. Some more than others, but there was not a dissenter in the group. So if you're looking for a book to read, I would really recommend I Could Live Here Forever by Hannah Halperin. Some of the redheads were crying upon reading the book. Like it's a book about love and heartbreak and addiction. And it just hit everyone differently. But it was so good. The episode was great. And it was our last episode before my one-month maternity leave. Which we also need to discuss today on the episode. We'll discuss my toast maternity leave but redheads will be back first thursday of october with the snitches you're only skipping one month only skipping one month snitches choice is coming up and we are reading the fourth wing by Um. rebecca yaros because that book is everywhere and it's getting like just such positive reviews in a different way than like uh, other books get it it seems like there's a lot there so i'm so excited to read that i think all of us are bummed we have to wait two months to read it but I'm really excited that it's going to be a Redheads book. Well, you deserve the month off from, you know, putting the literary community on your back. Thank you. But having said that, we need to discuss your maternity leave. You know, it's all been very up in the air, but we're down to the wire now. We're down to the wire, and my maternity leave starts after tomorrow's show. So tomorrow is the last episode of The Toast before maternity leave. And so that means that we will have four weeks of no toast. So August... Fourth is our last episode and we return September 5th right after Labor Day. We know it'll be tough for you guys, but you know what? Hopefully you're There's in love. There's nothing we can do about it. And you weren't listening yeah. anyway. And if and if you're not in love, maybe use those four weeks to find love. Yeah. And we're I'm excited for when we come back. It's going to be really awesome. I'm excited for the time off. Excited for all the changes in the next month. Um no, you take all the time off you need. When we return September 5th, Jackie will come as much as she wants It'll be a to flex, or can. Flex schedule. It'll be a hybrid. We have uh, Ben, Taylor, Snitch, a bunch of new co-hosts that I've been talking to who love the toast. So it'll be just like, I feel like everybody loved maternity leave last time. We have nothing to be afraid of. This isn't our first rodeo. You know, last time we were like a little nervous. We'd never done it before. Now we've done it. It was a great time. Jax came and just blew everyone away like once a week. And then the other episodes were like fun guests. I might do some solo episodes. Patreon will still be active for this month. So if you're it's going to suffer August without your regular toast episodes. I recommend uh, signing up for Patreon, patreon.com slash the toast. You'll get five episodes for the month of August that we will release during the uh, maternity leave. There will be, we have pre-recorded some Jackie stuff. I will be doing vlogs and, and Patreon and podcast episodes. So we're, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. Like just everyone stay calm, you know? Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Patreon's always there for you. And if you're not a patron already and you sign up today, you will have enough episodes to get you through till the end of the year. So um, those people who haven't listened to all the Patreon episodes yet, like really it's all waiting for you. And for everyone else, you'll at least be covered more than once a week with podcasts and vlogs that we have forthcoming. Now, I just think I speak for everyone when I say, like, thank you for going this far with us. I uh, could never be me. You're setting an incredibly bad precedent for when I'm pregnant because, like, bitch, when I hit six months, I'm out. Like, goodbye. Don't talk to me. So you're setting unrealistic expectations for women again. Um, but we so appreciate all the work that you've done. This is, I know, been a treacherous few months for you. And you gave your all to the toast. And we really, really appreciate it. The community appreciates you. Thank you. And we appreciate you for holding it down in those days when I couldn't give it. So it's been it's a been journey. A, a really crazy journey. And thank you to all the toasters for just coming along with us, listening to every episode. And we see all the numbers and everyone's just stuck by us through all the changes. It's true. And it's true. The video list episodes, whatever it is. So I'm excited to get... Everyone's just been like shucking and jiving with us. Like whatever we say is going down. They're like, okay, I'll be there. Yeah. So it's been great. And I'm so glad that we've come this far. I'm excited to start my time off. God is good. Baruch Hashem. God is good. Yeah. And also when I come back, this maternity leave, like when I come back will be a little different because the studio in my house, I can probably do more than I could last time having to go to the studio. It's so true. So we shall see. Not to make everything about me, but <laughs> I have started once again. I feel like everyone's tired. Of, I'm the girl who cried apartment. 
I am looking to move. And everyone knows I live in a bunker with no light. And I'm like on this journey to seeing the snow by Christmas. And yesterday we officially started our journey looking for apartments. Everything we saw yesterday was unbelievably trashy and overpriced. Um, Today I'm seeing an apartment. Like, you know, when you have a feeling like it might be the one. Yeah. The one I'm seeing today like might be the one. And what's so exciting about it is that it has like this, like this is unheard of in New York. It has a pantry. It's like literally like a big ass walk-in closet that's like for food. It's right off the kitchen. Um, but it has no shelves or anything in it. It's just like a blank white room. And I could literally make my own studio at home. So like, you know, if I'm sick or, you know, Ben is always recording good guys at like the middle of the night. Like I could have my own little like home office and I would be just like you, like with my own little, except I wouldn't have flamingos. I would just have the leaves. I think like I'm really excited about it. I need this apartment to work and it's like actually decently priced. When do you see it? Which makes what a 145 today which just makes me think like it's decently priced like all the photos are fake I'm so sick of everyone doing that like everything is fucking fake online street easy like they render these photos like I understand rendering a photo of an apartment like putting a couch and a bed in there these real estate agents are getting crafty with their renderings like they'll render the window so if the window which a lot of apartments in New York do looks at a brick wall nobody wants that they'll put a fake city skyline in and it's only until you literally walk in the door that you see this apartment has no light because it stares at another building like they are doing the crazy they're changing the floors they're like oh look at these dark mahogany wood floors you get in these are old ass parquet floors like they're lying to you it should be illegal like where is the legislation I don't know, sis. It's so annoying. Well, I hope that it's everything you want it to be. The pictures didn't look that fake, so. No, they didn't. So, like, everyone just pray for me. Like, if this apartment works, I will not only see the snow by Christmas, but I will have, like, a home studio. Mini studio. It wouldn't be, like, the new Toast HQ. No. Because we can both fit. No. But it's, like, for you to work from home. Home. When you need to. No, I'm so, so excited about it. I'm pumped for you. Yeah, it's like kind of a big day for me. So everyone just like send me positive real estate energy. Will do. Sending you positive you. real estate energy. Thank you. So with that, I do feel all caught up on the happenings of you and I in the last 24 hours. Me as well. And now we need to talk about the happenings of the world. Others. Of others in the last 24 hours. So without further ado, do, 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 it is time for the Fast Five stories that you need to know. Today's episode of The Toast is brought to you by GameTime. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price, guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. I love having the GameTime app on my phone at all times. I live in New York, a fabulous city with fabulous events going on at all times. I also travel a lot, so it's always just a good thing to have on my app if I'm in a new city and I have nothing to do that night. I pull up the GameTime app. I know I'm going to get a great deal, and it's really helpful in finding cool, fun things to do, whether that's sports, music, comedy, athletes, you know, sports. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. No longer having to plan months in advance, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. If you're scouring for Eras tickets this weekend, I checked Game Time before my New York shows and I found it really helpful. They had great deals. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You're getting images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's literally two taps and you're all set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code TOAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code TOAST for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute ticket deals, lowest price, and of course, it's guaranteed. Today's episode of The Toast is brought to you by Branch Basics. It's non-toxic. It's hypoallergenic. It's free from fragrance, hormone disruptors, and harmful preservatives. It's Branch Basic, our favorite baby and pet safe cleaning supplies. So their premium starter kit will provide you with everything you need to replace all of your toxic cleaning products in your home. It's really a no-brainer. There are so many reasons to love Branch Basics. Of course, being baby and pet safe, being non-toxic. I personally love it because it's not a million products. They use their concentrate that you can use for all different types of surfaces. I live in an apartment in New York City with not a ton of storage galore and I find that Branch Basics products work work really well and they don't take up a lot of space in my cabinets. Also, if you suffer from eczema, allergies, or asthma, make the switch to Branch Basics and you will notice a visible difference. 
their refill model is fabulous as well because once you run out, the only thing you need to repurchase is that concentrate and the oxygen boost and then you have all of your products. Like it's really such a genius model and of course, you know, Jackie got into clean girl era when she became pregnant. Um, there's really no downside to having non-toxic cleaning products in your home. It's so much better for your babies, for your pets and Branch Basics, best of all, is clean and cost effective. So if you're looking to save 15% off and get free shipping on your starter kit, use code TOAST at Branch basics.com. That's code TOAST, T-O-A-S-T. You'll get 15% off plus free shipping when you purchase that starter kit. The starter kit has everything you can need. You'll be so happy that you switch. It's easy. It's cost effective. It's baby and pet safe. And of course, it's non-toxic. Great. Thank you, Claudia. Our first story, Lizzo is speaking out. She's hitting mm. back at the outrageous, unbelievable sexual harassment lawsuit. So Lizzo posted a multi-slide notes to her Instagram talking about the bombshell lawsuit that three of her former backup dancers filed against her on Tuesday that has been the talk of the town all Truly. week. The talk of the ton. She said, the the quote, these last few days have been gut-wrenchingly difficult and overwhelmingly disappointing. My work ethic, morals, and respectfulness have been questioned. My character has been criticized. Usually I choose not to respond to false allegations, but these are as unbelievable as they sound and too outrageous to not be addressed. She said these sensationalized claims came from former employees who already publicly admitted that their behavior while touring with her had been inappropriate and unprofessional. She explained that with her passion comes hard work and high standards, admitting that she has had to make hard decisions. It's never my intention to make anyone feel uncomfortable or like they aren't valued as an important part of my team. But... Overall, she's categorically denying these allegations, saying she's not trying to be, appear as a victim, but implored her fans and followers to know that she is not the villain that she has been portrayed as in the recent days. So this response kind of gave nothing. Um, she didn't really address the biggest claim, which was, you know, the vagina, apple, banana, excuse me. She um, did. But she saying, said, like, you know, I've been open with my sexuality, but like, Okay, and that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. I mean, I do think she's limited in what she can say. And even her saying something and just the overall message is like, I did not do this shit. This is not who I am. That's the takeaway. Yeah. She's denying. Not she that she giving, would do anything other than that if she was going to put out a statement, not be like, yeah, sorry about that. It was a notes app screenshot, which I found shocking just given the gravity of the situation. What would you have expected? A video? I know I don't know. There are many different forms, or just like to release a statement, like on a Word doc or something. Like the the notes app, just it does in this culture like diminish. It's like kind of at this point like a trope. Yeah, but a Word doc. You know what I mean? Like people make statements that just like look different. They, they have like, like a put different in font. Canva. You mean? Would you like, like a to PDF? See a Canva quote card. I wouldn't like to see anything. I just think it's interesting to note and worth noting that it was a notes app screenshot. Got it. But that's where you go to write your thoughts and feelings. Like when I have something that I like I'm thinking, I go to my notes app. No, I I totally get it. I'm just I'm mentioning it. What are her other options for real? I mean, celebrities release statements all the time on social media and they take many different forms. Colors, you know, layouts, formats. But don't you think like then if it was a color, we would be like this She's look. not taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of times people think, kind of shy away from doing, like, a classic notes app apology because it's become kind of, um, it's a classic, you know? Yeah. It's like a, a joke. It's cliche for a reason. So true. Yeah. So true. I think what, whatever medium she like, used. I think people maybe expected something slightly more official. Okay. But, mm, yes. You don't have to keep arguing with me about this. You don't. No, yes and no, because her brand is so... Her, and especially her social media, like if she had put out something that really looked like it was written by PR people, I think that would ring false. I mean, it's such a serious thing. It's like an actual, like I wouldn't be surprised if like it looked like a legal notice. Like it is a serious legal matter. Yeah. It is. Well, what do you think? I mean, she didn't say anything. So she said it's I not didn't like there was a bomb. She said right, I didn't do not it. Which I would have expected her to say. Like, what is she going to say? No, I did that shit. Let me pay up this lawsuit. Like, it's in her best interest financially and, you know, publicly to deny it at this current junction. She didn't say anything. She basically, 
I don't know, for me, like, of course, like the kind of grotesque allegations are of interest. But what I find even more interesting is like the people coming out of the woodwork who have, you know, very closely worked with her. And there's proof of that. Just saying she's a horrible person. Yeah, for me, the most interesting thing, is, I, I mean, of course, there's always going to be a pile on. There's always going to be people that yeah. don't like you. That the fact that no one is coming forward to say the opposite, whether it's people that's worked with her or so, like fellow stars. Celebs. You know, she's one of the most popular in the industry people. Like she's always like collabing and has so many friends, it seems. And that no one has come forward yeah. to be like, this is not the Lizzo that I know. Wait, and also you saw Tina Knowles commented on an Instagram that was like talking about Beyonce and she was basically like, oh my God, you guys look for something and everything. She also didn't say Kelly Rowland's name or her sister's name. So she basically put that to bed. I don't know. It's suspicious for sure. I don't know if she did. Ooh, you think she's out of bed? I think maybe maybe Beyonce took out other people's names so that... To lessen. Yeah, to lessen. It's not just like I'm taking out Lizzo, but I want to take out Lizzo. So let me take out the two people who I'm closest to so they won't be offended. Solange and Kelly, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think that's what it is. So you think there's there there? I think there's there there, but she has plausible deniability by taking out more than Lizzo. She does. That's so true. Now you'd be yeah. a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what's most shocking to me, that there's not like two camps being like no Lizzo is a great person and she would never do these things and then the other people who have are disgruntled that's actually a really good point I guess we can wait and see if like anybody does come forward but I don't think anybody wants to throw themselves in the middle of this like messy ass thing yeah well I mean for anyone who's oh and by the way for anyone who's worked with her who has positive experiences like they really have nothing to lose yeah, by the way, though, I, I, I could see, like, if other celebrities came forward and were like, Lizzo's fabulous, that's, like, the exact thing she's being accused of. Like, of course she would be nice to Harry Styles, mm. but not people who she considers beneath her. That's, like, the difference. It's, it's all people who work for her. Got it. Yeah, so, and especially because It wouldn't be getting, helpful. It would actually fuel the fire. We, we're not getting any former or current employees coming forward being like, no, Lizzo was the best boss I ever had. Yeah. She champions women. Right, There's right. None of that. Unrelated, Theo's like actually 10 feet from me. 10 feet. He's on the floor like all the way over there. I'm about to vomit from the smell of this fart. Like that's power. He's a powerful person. He's a powerful man. Oh my God. And he like keeps going. It smells horrible. Is he sick? It's giving sick energy. <laughs> Did he oh eat God, something it's funny? It's lingering and strengthening. Ooh. That's the worst kind. Powerful. L and D. Are you ready for our next story? I am. Have we said everything we need to say about Lizzo? Yeah. I'm waiting yeah. and see, like, you know, this has to play out in the court of law. Obviously, these allegations are extremely incongruous to who she has said that she is, but she's maintaining that she is who she is. Right. And I will wait and see. Yeah. But it's I shocking the, the stuff. One th- but it's shocking stuff. And I'm The shocked. one thing she, she did kind of address is that she's, like, difficult to work with and her, um, rebuttal to that is like I'm extremely passionate about my art like yeah I'm hardcore I work hard that's maybe not for everyone that was like the only kind of direct allegation that she addressed yeah I that's not what's bothering me that she might be like a tough boss no like I can see that there's an argument to be made for like you know there's a lot at stake it's a high stress environment sure there's an argument there yeah yeah so we'll see what um what else what comes, comes out? This? But our next story, another thread from the week, Taylor Swift. So California politicians are urging Taylor Swift to postpone her L.A. concerts over the hotel strike days after attending her show, actually. So these California politicians pleaded with Taylor to postpone the last leg of her sold-out heiress tour in solidarity with striking hotel employees in L.A., including the state's lieutenant governor, who actually just went to her show at Levi oh! Stadium. Yeah. Okay, not only that, but, like, so the politicians want Taylor to fix the strike, not the politicians? No, it's so crazy. Twisted. So the union it represents over 32,000 hospitality workers in Southern California and Arizona, and they are striking for higher wages because, like, the cost of living has gone up and, right. and they need higher wages. And it's like, Taylor canceling her show is going to save the, co- the uh, cost of living crisis, and also, Actually, her fans who paid for the hotels are not going to get their money back. They're going to be stuck in L.A. She's canceling her shows because of a problem you caused and you can't solve. 
I think it's like it's half a million people who are currently have tickets to see Taylor. So putting all those people in a bad financial situation could cause a mini recession. Like this is a terrible idea. And this is just the whole thing that's so fucked with celebrity culture. Like anytime there's like a, you know, a national crisis or like an issue politically, it's always like Taylor Swift, do something. She's a singer. Like, what can she fucking do? No, like, the the 53 officials signed the letter to Taylor asking her oh my God, to these postpone morons. her show. These Literally, morons. why don't you go be helpful? Why don't you negotiate the hotel strike? Like, why don't you go actually do something? And you know what? The pressure on hotels right now from all the people who are going to flock to L.A. starting literally today, they want to do, the, they want to have the most staff. Like, they want to... They don't want to cancel reservations because they don't have enough, you know, concierges or hotel bellhops. Like, if anything, like, this big event is probably putting pressure on them. They're going to lose money if they can't fulfill the demand. So, actually, Taylor's probably helping move the strike forward. Yeah, no, but the the overall problem that they are striking against, which is cost of living, is... A political issue. A political issue, not a Taylor issue. Yeah, literally, this makes no fucking sense. It's so moronic, like the fact that 53 politicians took time out of their day to write a petition and sign it. And like, you know how slow everything in, in government is. Like, this is probably like a week's long affair. You know what they could have done for the cost of living crisis in a week? Yeah. They actually uh, worked on it? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, like, I mean, I don't think she's going to postpone her shows. No! And literally, it would be so dumb. Like, give the hotel workers what they want. Like, nobody on the planet works harder, has to deal with more shit from people than hotel workers. And it's these huge conglomerates, like Marriott. And just give them what they fucking want and leave Taylor alone. The hotels would have to be giving the hotel workers what they want. Like, the politicians are in control of their wages. No, no. The politicians should work on affordable living in their cities. Well, they should work on, yes, of course, like the economy. They should also work on, like, working with these huge hotel groups like Starwood, I forget all the names, but they're all these huge conglomerates, like working with them, helping the strike move forward instead of like literally working on this nonsense. Yeah, this is so dumb. Like preposterous. It's honestly like embarrassing to think about like these are people who are in like control and power and they like make the city go round and this is their best solution. You took the words right out of my mouth. This is embarrassing. Yeah. And I saw this on TikTok a few weeks ago. I'm like, oh my God, this is so dumb. But like now it's an actual thing because at first it was just like people on social media being like, Taylor, do something. And now it's like actual politicians. I'm humiliated for this country. Yeah, humiliated. She's doing eight shows at LA. I don't know. She's doing a fucking shit ton. That's crazy. Are you feeling FOMO? No, I mean, I did have tickets that I did give up because I wanted to be here with you. Oh, that's true. I, I do. I feel good about it. Like, I've seen it three times. Let someone else go, you know? And actually, she just posted on Instagram while we were recording um, new U.S. dates. I can read them to you, which is exciting for you. Because in October, she'll be in Miami for <gasps> three nights. So we'll go. Then she has three nights in New Orleans. This October? Three nights. Yep. Oh, no, no. Sorry. This is 2024. Great. Even better. Then she has three nights in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and then one, two, three, four, five, six nights in Toronto. So we can go to Toronto too. But you'll come to Miami. Oh, 100%. Margo just put it in the family chat and was like, see you bitches in Miami. No, this isn't an option, Olivia. Oh my God. When the snitch is lit. No, when the snitch is lit. Activated. there's, There's no coming between her. Yeah. Today's episode of The Toast is also brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You know, it's no secret that Jackie and I love to invest, whether it's in purses, clothing, or shoes. Jackie more specifically, but me too. You know, I get involved here and there. And we are always making sure to shop smart with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay authenticators are there, verifying every detail of your purchase. eBay Authenticity Guarantee protects buyers from fakes, gives them the assurance that they're getting the real deal. When you're spending a lot of time investing online, you know, there's so many people out there who might not have the best of intentions. And eBay is out here looking out for your girls because what is worse than spending time and money scouring the internet for your next purchase only to later find out that you were scammed. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you'll never get faked over again. The service currently covers eligible items across sneakers, watches, handbags, jewelry, and streetwear. Personally, we feel more confident in ordering online because we know that an expert at eBay is authenticating our items. So any purchase that is backed by the Authenticity Guarantee is sent to the authentication team who personally inspect it, 
they check it against the listing and they authenticate it. So as any good Real Housewife would say, in a world full of fakes, it's time to get real with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You know, if you're spending time, money, energy, all these things on finding something that you love, make sure you're taking the proper steps to protect it. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Today's episode is also brought to you by Legacy Box. Legacy Box is hands down the brand that we get the most questions about. I feel like you guys know about it and then you find yourself at a place in your life where you need it and you can't remember our code. So listen up, girls. Do you know where your box of old home movies is? Have you checked that box in a while to make sure they're not too damp or hot or even molding? All of our old media can break down over time, and if it's not preserved, it will be lost forever. So I'm sure you're thinking, like, it's fine, it's in my cellar, it's in my attic, I'll take care of it. Well, the more time you leave, the more risk you run of having your old memories be destroyed. We grew up, Jackie and I, in the VHS era. We had a huge basement storage filled of VHSs, and we tried so many things to try and get them to play on, like, our DVD player. It was so treacherous, and then Legacy Box came and changed our lives. So it is easy. You basically load the Legacy Box with all of your old tapes, films, pictures, and then you send it back. You'll get it back on a thumb drive or the cloud. It'll be ready to watch and super easy to share. It's so simple. It's basically like magic. So send it in, fill it up with whatever you got. They do it all. VHS, camcorder, pictures, whatever you need converted, they will handle it. Their team does it uh, in the USA, so you'll get it back on a thumb drive or the cloud. What I love about uh, Legacy Box is that they keep you updated along the way. It's very scary to send something so meaningful in the mail and not know where it is. They're sending you updates via email throughout the entire process so you can feel really calm, cool, and collected about the whole thing. So don't let the summer heat age your videotapes, your film reels, and fade your photos. Visit LegacyBox.com toast to shop their $9 tape sale. That's LegacyBox.com toast to unlock this incredible offer. Are you ready for our next story? It's a little more strike news. Different strike. Okay. SAG-AFTRA has released the names of celebrities who have donated over $1 million to the campaign for struggling actors. I saw this was incredible. And it harks on something we spoke about earlier in the week. Yes, so SAG Apostra has put forth a list of all the celebrities who have donated over a million dollars, and here they are. Georgia Damal Clooney, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Meryl Streep, then also Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, Oprah Winfrey, Julia Roberts, Matt and Luciana Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, Hugh Jackman and Deborah Lee Furness, his wife, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, Nicole Kidman and Arnold Schwarzenegger have also donated to the huge sum. Yeah, so we were talking about earlier, like, there's been, like, weird public pressure on celebrities who haven't been seen out picketing. Um, And there are more than one way, there is more than one way to support the strike. And I actually think this is huge, you know? SAG has, like, a a nonprofit, like, a fund that helps. When we think of actors, like, we think of the people on that list. But there's, like, 100,000 people in the union who are unknown, who don't make a lot of money, who actually don't even qualify for health insurance. So... This fund, so how many people were on that list? At least 10. They said over a million. So let's say minimum there's $10 million now that can be given to people to pay their rent. Yeah. So how does it work? I mean, I'm sure neither you nor I know, but like does do then they divide that by the number of members in SAG and they give a little bit to everyone? I feel like you apply Mm -hmm. and they like go through the applications. I honestly don't know. Got it. Well. I'm sure it's based on like whose situation is most dire. Yeah. But, but they seem organized over at SAG. Like they got they got a system for it. And that's huge. Yeah, that is huge. And because these are these are working actors who don't make a lot of money and who for the foreseeable future can't make any. Right, right. I've also been um I saw a TikTok yesterday, Greer Grammar. She's not like the perfect person to have done it because she is technically an Epo baby, but she did like an unboxing. She's like, I just got my residuals in from SAG. They sent me a check for like she was on Awkward, she's been in a bunch of movies, and here are the residuals I got. And she's like a Decently well-known actress and toaster, actually. Hey, Greer. Um, and she was reading her. The, most, of, most of the residuals that came in, they were like checks from Awkward. It was literally like 11 cents. I think the most one was like $1.60. So then the actors are striking for residuals on streaming platforms. Yeah. But the residuals aren't great if you're not on Friends. No, they're, they want a better, they're negotiating like a better deal. Is Awkward on a streaming platform? I'm sure it's on Paramount Plus. Because no, but it's like right now MTV. they get no residuals from streaming. Maybe that residual is from cable. Right. So they, they get no residuals from streaming, but they want to negotiate for residuals. But we see that actually residuals are not 
what we think they are. No, but they could be a lot better. I think most people are watching those, binging those shows on streamers. Like, that's for like a rerun. Yeah. On cable, which nobody watches. But cable's, but, the also, one, but cable's the one that actually has a profitable residual system. I do believe that they're also negotiating for like a better uh, split on, on all residuals. Got it. Because okay. it's like still this model from like the 1900s. Well, maybe if your theory is correct, by the time we're back from maternity leave, it'll be September. Mm-hmm. And you said that's when the strike will end. So maybe... That's just what people in the industry I know. That's just like what they said. That's what the insiders are saying or TikTok? No, insiders. Like people whom I know in my personal life. Like not anything on social media. But again, like as always, take everything I say with half a grain of salt. And are the insiders that you know on the SAG side or on the business side? Business. Mm. Kind of. I don't want to say too much, you know, about my sources. (laughs) It was literally just, like, one person who, like, works in the industry. Like, I need to calm down. No, no, no. You have really he made, high... He made a fire point. He made you a fire point. sources in high places, Claude. Unbelievable. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. A little exciting doll news. Kylie Jenner launches her own Bratz doll. Kylie has teamed up with the toy company Bratz to release their first ever celebrity doll collaboration. On Tuesday, the brand launched six mini Kylie dolls. It's called the Mini Bratz X Kylie Collectibles that recreate some of Kylie's most iconic fashion looks, including two of her Met Gala outfits. Then Kylie shared a cute clip of her daughter Stormy wearing a tulle dress and playing with the dolls on her Instagram story. She said, had to get Storm all of the minis at Bratz. I feel like this is like Kylie taking her power back. I feel like people used to like say as an insult, she looks like a Bratz doll. Yeah. That will just never be an insult to me. Bratz dolls are quite literally snatched to the gods and I would love to look like one. (laughs) Literally goals. Yeah, they're all gorgeous. Yeah, they're so cute. They're so stylish. They're so pretty. They say that about Ari too. Do they? Yeah. I mean, she does look like a Bratz doll just because she's so tiny. Tiny. Also, the way that Ari is, like, going through... I know. Like, her own cancellation. ...scandal right now. And also, all this, like, old stuff is coming back up, like the donuts video. Yeah, I know. I've been seeing that all over Everyone had... Um, Forgotten. ...repressed. That was, like, an incredibly weird thing that she did. Like, I... If you don't know the video, just Google it. She, like, went into, like, a mom-and-pop donut shop. And when the person behind the counter went, like, back to the kitchen, she started licking all the donuts on display. yeah. No, and and she, then talking about how much she hates America. Yeah, because it's like a like a big fat thing that Americans do is have donuts and you know like what? this. It's delicious, and she's literally supporting that institution, so it makes no sense. Yeah, no, she was being like a reckless teen. I think we all chalked it up, and it, it was like people are entitled to like their bad moments. Like it was a terrible thing, but like, what should we do? Kill her? Like, it yeah. was just dumb teenage antics, rebellion phase. She wasn't a teenager, but. Yeah, we, we had moved on, but now everything, right. it's everything coming is coming back. Yeah, she's going through it. It's not her moment. And like her relationship timelines with Big Sean and Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly like a girly who just like overlaps. Yeah. But Ethan, what's his name? Slater. Is that his last name? Yeah. Back to Kylie. I think this is so cute. The dolls are so cute. I have no use for them, but if I did, right, I would get them. That was my them. question. Like, who is this for? Because Bratz dolls, like, are for kids. Yeah. Kylie's fans are, like, grown-ass women. Maybe it's just, like, a collectible thing. Or it's for just girl, like, gr- girls like Kylie. Also, you could say the exact same thing about the Barbie movie. Yeah, but then once you see it, like, you realize it's for adults. Yeah. Okay, so the dolls are for kids? For That's adults. my question. I don't know. If I had a daughter, I would get these. Yeah, it's cute. It's so cute. I saw someone message me or I saw a tweet that was like, the Bratz movie walked so Barbie could run. The Bratz movie, I'm so glad you brought that up, was a transformative piece of cinema. And the Bratz movie is so good. You want to know how I know the Bratz movie is so good? Hmm. Do you know what film we were all watching? Of course, when we, we found had, out that our every, everyone ha- knows the toasters. No, oh, okay. Should I finish the story or no? You can, but when we told the original story, honestly, it's worth. I remember the episode. We were in oh. L.A. We were. Okay. It was oh, wow, L.A. That was week. a long time ago. L.A. Week. Snitch was there. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 
the Thursday or Friday episode, and it was because we were doing um, ads for Attitude. We got, got that Attitude. Oh, that's funny. That attitude. Well, that was a really long time ago, so you can go watch that, but just brief cliff notes uh when we were all like in middle and high school we found out that our dad passed away we were literally sitting on the couch watching the Bratz movie and our mom came in and was like pause the tv girlies i got some news and the movie was so good like that is something that would like ruin a film you know finding out your parent died um but i love that movie still like it's not even destroyed like that's how good the movie is it transcends death and grief yeah kind of like the toast i was just that's the thread that's the thread yeah um, no, the movie is so good. I would watch it today. It's a masterpiece. I don't think it got the recognition that it deserved. And we're, and we're always quoting it. Like, don't get your bragas in a twist. We're, oh, and the I feel like now we're having I'm having deja vu, like of the repetition. But what's so great about the movie is that like the main brat's character, her mom is that queen. I believe it's the actress. I forget her name. She plays the mother in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. She's right. a timeless queen. Mm-hmm. No, it's a star-studded movie. It's layered as well. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And it's very inclusive. There's a deaf main character. It's amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. And I'm glad that Kylie's partnered with them to give them the visibility they deserve. Yeah, maybe like this partnership, Rising Tides Raise All Ships, like maybe now more people will be invested in Bratz culture and watch, you know, the Bratz live action movie and more people will see that stunning work of art. Yeah, it's all good. A girl, a girl can dream. Oh mm-hmm. my God, Theo farted again. He's definitely sick. Get well soon, Rafua Shlema. Rafua Shlema, my love. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? I am. It's some exciting Broadway news because The Notebook the Musical will be opening on Broadway in spring 2024. The musical adaptation of Nicholas Sparks' The Notebook is officially heading to Broadway. Performances will begin in February 2024 with the show's opening night set for March 14th. The cast has yet to be announced, but the notebook features music and lyrics by Broadway alum Ingrid Michaelson and a bunch Mm. of other Broadway heavy hitters working on it as well. The notebook musical was originally announced in 2019 and ran at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater in the fall of 2022. So it's been done and then I was scrolling through the article and there's already a song that's on YouTube by Ingrid Michaelson called If If This Is Love and it's a notebook musical song. Okay, I mean, I have to see it before I can judge. It does sound like a little crazy. (laughs) Like, it's very camp. It's very camp. Um, I just feel like we got the musical version of the notebook and it was Miley Cyrus's Nicholas Sparks, you know? So what was that movie called? uh, The Last Song. When the waves are flooding the shore and I can't find my way home anymore. That was like literally Miley's best song ever. She needs to cover that again. I feel like she's always going back and doing like seven things and the climb. Like give us that. No, I agree. I'm always singing that song weirdly. It's like so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I do agree if there was going to be a Nicholas Sparks Broadway show, like why not the last song that already that already has original music? Right. Like, give us Miley now. I think that this could be good. It's, like, so underrated Miley was in a Nicholas Sparks film, you know? No, it's under... Not even that. That that's where she met Liam Hemsworth. They fell in love. They got married. They got broken up. They got together again. The Nicholas Sparks Miley Cyrus film is almost a perfect film. Why is it imperfect? You know why, Jackie. I don't know that There's I do. There's one scene that's like butt-clenchingly cringe. <laughs> what scene? They're in the truck, like driving around wherever oh, the hell they it, are. It is, did this go viral? I don't think so. Oh. We like always, like as kids, we're just like cringe. Why? What were they doing? She starts singing She Will Be Loved and like she literally yeah. sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. She's like looking out the window and she starts singing to the radio and he's like, wow, like your voice is really good. And like that's just like a cringy trope, but like her voice actually sounded like terrible. And she actually has a good voice. Right. Like there was no reason why they couldn't have just done another take or like put the song in her key. The last time I watched the last song was a few years ago. I sobbed my eyes out. Yeah, it's got it all. It's got love. It's got tragedy. It's got, you know, classism. Yeah. Oh, my God. It really it was emotional for me. No, it's it's an amazing movie. It is. So maybe if The Notebook on Broadway does well, they would consider yeah. the last song on Broadway. 
I can't, I don't know why I keep forgetting the name of the movie. I keep thinking When I Look at You is the name of the movie, but that's the name of the song Miley wrote. Yeah, the last song. <laughs> the last song. Why did Nicholas Sparks like stop film filmmaking? Like I feel like there was Dear John, The Notebook, When I Look at, what's it called? The last song. There was like a couple of years where it was like peak entertainment and then it just kind of died off. Well, I feel like Letters that, to Juliet. That genre has sort of yeah. not a place to go anymore. You know, it's like Colleen Hoover is the new Nicholas Sparks. Writing wise, yeah. But let's see yeah. how her movies do. So far it's not yeah. looking good. It's so true. Um I don't I'm sure there's like an actual reason why Nicholas Sparks is, hasn't made a lot of movies since, but Do you think it, it was his scandal? N- no, I don't. He had a very short lived scandal. About, like, a school he created. Yeah, and, like, anti-Semitism. Yeah, yeah, we gotta look into that. I know, I've tried, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Was it was such a bizarre story with, like, no context. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't think it impacted his career because it was, like, such a weird story. But I, maybe he's also just writing less. Like, maybe he's enjoying the fruits of his labor. Retirement. Yeah, Perhaps. But his movies, like, if he made movies now, what, they would go to Netflix, we'd all watch them in one day, and, and we'd right. move, Like, it just, they don't have He movies. was definitely ahead of his time. Yeah. He gave us everything he could. It's true. And, you know, he gave us quite a lot, including... When the waves are flood in the shore... Wasn't there, weren't there more um, songs, songs from that EP? I don't think so. I thought it was just a single that she released for the film. No. Let me just go to this album really quickly. Yeah, I'm going on Spotify. Oh, it's an EP, and that song is on it, but the rest of the songs are not from the movie. Got it. But it's a great EP. Still, it slaps. Slaps. Slappy-o. So those are the stories that you needed to know. Ooh, she's a rhymer. Um, So yeah, that's our episode. Tomorrow's episode reminder is our final episode before Jax heads off to maternity leave. So send her your well wishes. I wish you well. Thank you so much for listening to the Toast the Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday. So if you're watching this on YouTube, no, every Monday through, I keep fucking this up. Every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, every cast box, all the places above this and podcast, find us. The Toast, leave a five star review about how beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are have an amazing day you guys and we'll see you tomorrow for friday love ya bye